Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 1 onwards. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Verse 5. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart, as to Christ. Not with eye service, as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With goodwill, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you masters do the same thing to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. I'm going to read it one more time, and we're going to go down to the scripture that God has for us. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first, first commandment with promise. Now, when we look at God's word, God says this. Children, do the right thing. What is the right thing that God is expecting? What is that right thing that God is expecting? He says, obey your parents. Now, obedience is something that God really treasures and God really cherishes when you look at the Word of God. Obedience equals faith. When we say that we love God, God expects us to obey. God expects us to obey Him. God expects us to obey Him by obeying the God-given parents that God has for us. If you are under the roof of your parent or a parent figure, then before God, you should obey them if they are walking with God. If they are walking with God. I want to underline that. And if God has given you spiritual parents, you should obey them. It's the right thing to do and it's a blessing that God has given you, your parents, and they are alive, that they are walking with God and God has placed them over you. If you're under their roof, it is very important. If you're married and if you're a separate family, it is important to listen to God and walk with God and follow what the Lord is saying for your individual family. Not let your in-laws or your parents control your family and split your family. It's very important. God is talking about children who are under the parental authority that God has placed, not children who are married and become a separate unit. God says, there's a blessing that I have given to you so that they can lead you in the paths of righteousness. So obey them because it will be a blessing for you. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. This is so important, God says, honoring your father and mother again, once again, the parents that God has given, it is important to honor them. And it comes with a promise. The first commandment that God has given with a promise is this. It's such an important commandment, God says. And what is a promise? God says that you're going to live long and it's going to be well with you. When? When you honor godly parents. I want to underline the word godly, godly parents. Parents who walk with God, when you honor them, it'll be well with you and you will live long on the earth. Now, if a parent says, you know, go and buy drugs and go and, you know, get cigarettes for me, you're not going to obey, you should not obey, and you should not be honoring their behavior and honoring them for their behavior. So there is a distinction there. God has given 
this word to his people who are under his covenant, who are walking with him. So this promise and this commandment was given to God's people who were in the relationship, covenant relationship with God, who are walking in obedience to God. So when he tells the children to obey the parents, he is telling the children or the parents who are in a covenant relationship with God, who is walking with God. When he tells the children to honor the parents, he's talking about the parents who are in a covenant relationship with God, who are walking with God. This whole thing is given for parents and children who are in a covenant relationship with God. This is for Jewish people. And by the blood of Jesus, God has grafted us who were outside Gentiles into his family and it belongs to us as well. That's why this has been brought into the New Testament for us, for all of us to read and to be blessed by it, by obeying it. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the in the training and admonition of the Lord. So what is God saying here? There's no room for wrath. There's no room for anger in the household of faith. There's no room for wrath. There's no room for anger in the household of faith. If Jesus is in the family, there has to be peace. He is called the Prince of Peace. And Jesus told his disciples, when you go to a home, he said, pronounce peace upon that home because peace is so important. Peace is valuable. Every family should have peace. And Jesus Christ, the Lord of peace, the Prince of peace, when he becomes the king of our home, our hearts, our family, then the peace should be there because it is marked by God's divine peace. So every family that is being run by God but God is ahead of that home, will have God's divine peace. That's the, that's the mark, that's the stamp, that's the uh, print, the imprint, you know, that God is the God of this household, of this family. So, how does God deal with his people? He deals with his people with love. He deals with his people with righteous anger. There's such a thing called righteous anger. When something goes really wrong, when someone is doing something devious, at that time you don't come and, you know, cradle that person. No. There is a time when you have to give rebuke. The Bible says, Apostle Paul told Timothy, you need to instruct, you need to teach, and you need to rebuke the people in order to grow them in the ways of the Almighty God. But how do you do it? With what attitude do do you do it? With what spirit do you do it? Is the most important thing. We must do it in love. We must do it with compassion. We must do it with the heart of God, period. So when it comes to dealing with the children, we must deal with them as how God would deal with them. God's heart is a heart of love at the same time. Because he loves us, he chastens us. It should never be out of anger. I got mad and so I'm going to beat you. I've got mad and so I'm going to do this. That is not God's way. It is important to follow the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, the Spirit of God is speaking here through Apostle Paul. Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Don't provoke them to get upset making them do something wrong. And you don't get angry as well. But do this. Train them in the ways of the Almighty God. Well, this comes from Proverbs. Train up your child in the way he should go. It is the job of a parent to patiently train the children. This is not a parenting meeting, but this is something that the Spirit of the Lord has brought to us tonight. It is important for parents to have an understanding that comes from God when it comes to your children. How you relate to your child. Are you relating to your child, conversing with your child out of God's love, not a humanistic love. God's love. God's love is far greater than any human love. Are you instructing your child? Are you spending time with your child? Are you sitting and teaching your child the word of God? Are you just coming and catching your child when the child does something wrong? I hope that's not the case. Are you spending child time with your child? Are you praying with your child? May God help us to truly examine our hearts, our lives today. 
what you invest is what is going to show up at the end as a harvest. If you don't invest, if you don't sow righteous seeds in the lives of your children, don't expect good, sweet fruit. A neglected garden will turn out to be a garden that is unpleasant to the sight, unpleasant to the taste, will bring grief to the owner. But a garden that is well-kept will be a garden that will bring glory and honor to God, that will bring joy and satisfaction to the owner. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ. So whoever your boss is, this is how God says you have to be. It's all lost, you see. The Bible is for every culture, you have to understand. It's for every time period. We live in a day and age where God's word says, in the last days, children will become disobedient to parents. They will refuse authority. They will be so proud. They'll think they're equal to your boss. If the boss says something, I have my opinion too, I don't have to do it. The same thing comes into the church as well. That's a sign of the times we live in. We call that end times. But God says over here through the Spirit of God, through His Apostle Paul, bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters, whomever God has placed over you, whether it's your workplace, or whether it's in the spiritual realm, whomever God has placed over you, obey, because it'll be a blessing to you. When you do that, you're doing it unto God. With fear and trembling and sincerity of heart as to Christ. So God is saying, show the reverence. Be sincere. If God would call you to do something, and if he tells you to do something, will you speak the way how you're speaking with your boss? Will you speak the way how you're speaking with your pastor? Will you behave the way how you're behaving with your pastor, with your boss at work? Will you behave the way you're behaving with your husband? Will you behave the way you're behaving with anybody, with your parents that God has placed over you, anybody God has placed over you? When a person has no regard for any form of authority, whether it's the spiritual authority that God has placed over them or the physical authority that God has placed over them, they have no regard for God at that point because it's God who has placed people above us so that we can serve God by obeying his word by obeying the authority that God has placed over us not with eye service as men pleasers but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart so when you do it don't do it just because you just want to do it in front of the eyes oh I really love the word. I don't really say this. When people say that, Pastor, please tell me when I go wrong. If I do anything wrong, please tell me. But you know what? When you tell them what they're doing, they usually will get offended. They would not want to hear it. Pride is at the top, over their heads. They'll say, I need to know, I need to know, I need to know. But when God reveals their hearts, they don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I don't agree with it and I don't want to change because it affects the ego of the person. We need to do that which God has called us to do out of a sincere heart, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. With good will doing, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, whatever good, underline this, so you won't get discouraged, underline this, whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. You know, God, he's so good. The way he looks at people is so unique and awesome. He looks at you and he looks at me for who I am on the inside, whether you are sincere, whether I'm sincere or not. 
He looks at you and he looks at me and he looks at my work and he looks at your work and he sees whether I'm doing it as unto God or not. And he will reward you and he will reward me according to my sincerity and according to your sincerity. And your masters do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there's no partiality with him. That means he's saying, you better be careful. Husbands don't abuse the authority that God has given because it has been given by God to lead your family in the ways of the Almighty God, not to boss over. Whatever God has given into your hands, do it as unto God, whether you're a husband or whether you're a wife, whether you're a parent, whether you're a child. Whatever your role is, our roles are different. But you know what? Our master is the same. Each one of us do our part, having different roles, serving our one God, receiving the reward for what we are doing in our bodies each and every single day with what God has given to us. So whether you're a slave or whether you're, you are a master, God says here, according to where you are, that means whether you are a person in authority or you're under authority, we're all under one authority, which is God's authority, and we're all accountable to God Almighty. So, we have to be very careful with what God has entrusted into our hands. If God has given us authority, that means we are accountable to God in a much greater manner. If God has called you to serve Him by serving His people, then you are more accountable to God because every person that God entrusts into your hands, God will require that from you. So it's not about power, it's not about position, it's about responsibility. Uh, Before God, am I fulfilling what God has called me to do? Before God, are you fulfilling what God has called you to do? Wherever you are, whatever God has entrusted into your hands, even if it's your finances, whatever it is, are you being faithful to God? Are you being sneaky? Are you being true? Are you being fake? Are you being genuine? Are you being real? These are some of the questions that you need to ask yourself before God because we have a real God who is before us, watching over us day and night. We need to lead our lives with love, with God's love. Now this is very important right here when we come to verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Be strong. There's a strong encouragement that God gives to His people saying that be strong. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of God's might. Don't let anything weaken your mind. Don't let anything weaken your spirit. Don't let anything weaken you. Be strong. How can you be strong? By being in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong. You derive your strength from being in the Lord. By getting His strength, nothing can move you. No one can shake you. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now, how are you going to do this? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You have to have the whole armor of God in order to stand against the attacks of the enemy. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly place. Look at all the things that we have to fight against, right? Someone can get overwhelmed when they look at that. Oh my goodness, I have to fight against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Look at the rulers of the darkness. Oh my goodness, these are all big creatures. These are all spiritual beings. We have to fight against all of these things. In the heavenly places, we cannot do these things. However, God says, yes, this is your warfare. This is where you fight and this is how it is. But you can win. By taking up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That means days are coming in every person's life. There are seasons where you'll be bombarded, seasons where different kinds of attacks will come. Suddenly this will happen, suddenly that will happen. You should be able to withstand. How can you withstand the attacks of the evil one? 
if you are not in Christ, if you are not protected from head to toe, how can you withstand the attack of the enemy? I was hearing like bits and pieces of um, today's um, testimonies. I was not there for the whole time because when I'm with Esther, I can't keep it on. Um, so I didn't hear, you know, what Jeff said and hear uh, a lot of the um, uh, testimonies or, you know, the topic. Um, I was there when Pastor Pradeep was speaking a little bit, then I got to speak. But um, there's something that um, God brought to me uh, to share with you is when we went to the hospital um, for Esther, you know, you heard uh, some of it, how she had to plead for oxygen and they did not give her the oxygen how the monitor was actually showing that she has no oxygen and how they did not give, how the heart monitor over there showed that, you know, her heart rate is not good, but they did not do anything, you know, for her for a while. You know, and she cried, suffocating to the Lord. While she was suffocating, she cried out to God, calling on the Lord. And finally, the Lord sent someone. God may had a way of escape. Someone came and saw and they gave her the oxygen that she needed. Now, the nurse before that saw that and she said, your heart rate is really bad and there's no oxygen going in. She's standing there and she's commenting, but she's not doing anything while seeing this child suffer. You know, unfortunately, I was not allowed in because she turned 18. And the child had to suffer in the hands of wicked people. But you know what? We didn't get upset at those people. We didn't go and say, oh, we need to do this or that. No. One thing we know, that all these things happened because the devil was behind these things. Satan wanted to kill her. So everywhere we went, everywhere she went, he was working through every person who cooperated with Satan. So these things happened. We've had... Many, many, many bad hospital experiences. If we go inside, there's something bad that'll happen all the time. All the time. There's not a single time. When I went for the surgery, after I came out, nobody will put the blood pressure cuff right on top of an IV line. They did that to me. And as I was telling that you should not put it, why don't you just put it on the arm where you need to put it? She said, no, that's where I put it. And this is when I fresh, I mean, I came fresh out of the operating theater. And so they, the woman, she pressed it and pressed it and the IV line broke and the whatever liquid that they were giving, they all started pouring out along with the, the needle that was there, blood started pouring out and it was just gushing out and I had to tell her, Stop. And then she got mad when she saw this and she took it out. This is all very demonic. How can these things happen? We didn't do anything to anyone. These are illegal stuff. These are demonic. They're like Nazi stuff. How is it happening in America? In the hospital. And we said that it, when I told her to stop, to take it out because the blood is coming, she took it. She took it out and she took her elbow and she elbowed me exactly where the biggest incision was. She did that. Now, is it possible? It is possible because when Satan enters into a person, wants to kill the whole plan that took place from this whole family side that came from witchcraft was to kill this pastor. So if that didn't happen with whatever they thought to bring upon sudden emergency surgery when all my blood results two weeks prior to that was perfectly normal and I fall under the normal weight range and everything and my diet was very good. Doctors were shocked. How did this happen? We know where this came from because God exactly showed me a week before that what was going to happen, the exact thing God showed me. And I had it texted to the family itself. This is what your children are trying to do to me. The next week this happened. When this happened, God was there. He protected me. I saw angels when I was going to the surgery. I have given this during my testimony. 
But when I came out, the devil was fighting. This was a war. He came, he worked through that nurse. I don't know if that nurse was into Wicca, witchcraft, Satanism, you know, or whoever it is, whatever she was. She was an agent of Satan wearing a nurse's uniform there who wanted to kill me, but she was not able to. At that point, once she elbowed, I told Pastor Philippe to go and ask for a different nurse. And she went, but the moment she did that, whatever God allows the enemy to do, there's a purpose behind it without God's permission, without God working it for something better, far more glorious. God never grants permission to the enemy to afflict his servants. When she elbowed me there at that point where the largest incision was, like I said, I just came out of the operating room. The moment she elbowed, I saw like a flash right in, right in front of me, which was a big hammer going on the nail that was on Jesus' arm. The hand. When I screamed in pain when she elbowed, I heard the scream of my Savior while the nail went into his hand. That's a revelation. That's a, a vision, whatever you call it. I actually saw it was like a flash. I saw that. You know what? That became my focus. We need to understand that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Now, when we took Esther to this doctor, this neurologist that the Lord showed, the neurologist said when he heard about what happened with Esther and how they refused to treat her, they refused to give her oxygen, he said, are these doctors... Or are they monsters? He said, who gave them the license? He, this doctor is a chief doctor. And you know what he said? He said, this could be because, number one, she's a female. Number two, she's of color. Now, when we heard that, for us to hear that, you know, this happens everywhere we go when it comes to hospitals, especially when it comes to hospitals, where it's, whether it's surgery or whether it's delivery, labor, it has happened similar to these things. When Pastor Pradeep went there, it took how, how many times to get an IV line for him? These abnormal things happen. But you know what? We knew this. People can say, okay, this happened because she was a female or she was a female and She's of color. I would say this is far beyond that. Man looks on the outside, but the Spirit of God shows us what is happening. What is actually happening? There's a spiritual attack that is taking place. That's why when people talk about, oh, this oppression, that oppression, that's the reason why the Lord had me to speak very passionately because there's so much injustice, so much abuse happening in different forms. Who is the author of that? Satan. All the evil spirits. Meanwhile, people, they're looking at the outward action. And they try to go after this, go after that, and waste their resources and cause all kinds of things. But you know what? The criminal is sitting behind the scene because he's using his puppets and he's laughing. Ha, ha, ha. Because you don't want God. Go. I just set up some people to do some things. Go. Riots here, riots there. Oppression here, oppression there. Go to court, go here, do all kinds of things. You go and fight against them, they go fight against you, do all kinds of things. And Satan is so happy. He says, look what I've done. I've achieved my goal because these people don't want God. Without God, there's no peace. Without God, there's no safety. Without God, Satan will use one person to oppress another and he'll use another person to oppress another. Bottom line is, every human being made in the image of God is a target of Satan, regardless of what their color is, what their language is. Every human being made in the image of God is a target of Satan. When we understand that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, period, no matter who we are, it's not because you're a female, it's not because you're of color. We're all of color, all of us, even including white. They're of color too. White is a color too. 
state will try to discriminate or separate and say that, oh, white is different, every other color is off color. So what is white then? It's part of the colors. We must understand Satan's language is very different than God's language. God is a God of colors. Multicolors and multi-languages. God of variety, that is my God. He enjoys seeing variety. He enjoys seeing color. And thank God for that. And I love colors and I love colors. I love people of all kinds of colors. From white to all kinds of colors. Everything in between. Because it's God's handiwork and it's beautiful. It's so beautiful to see the variety that God has in His kingdom. Whether it's human beings or whether it's fish, whether it's you know animals, birds, trees, whatever it is. What a God of variety is our God. So thankful to God. Would have been boring. Everybody looks a certain way. Everybody looks. Everybody has same kind of eyes and same kind of nose and same kind of hair and same kind of teeth and same kind of body type. It would be so boring. But a God who is a God of variety made us in His image and made each one of us so unique and so beautiful. There's no one like you. God made you so unique. He made you in His image. He made me so unique. He made me in His image. We are God's handiwork to show forth the praise of God Almighty who created us so carefully, so wonderfully. God created us. So whatever comes against us, it is coming from Satan. Don't look at a human being. I say this during marriage conferences. When your spouse works against you, or your parents working against you, or your children working against you, or your co-workers working against you. Don't look at those human beings' faces and say, I hate them, and I don't like them, and I don't want to talk to them. And Then you act just like the devil. The devil says, I'm so happy. I knew that you would react. So I'm, I set this up. I set this person up to get that reaction. You know what? You gave that reaction to the devil, so the devil is very happy. He said, oh, keep going, keep going, keep going. You're reacting to this. Keep going. I don't have to do much for you. But when you understand that this war that we are facing every single day, whether someone misunderstood you or whether, you know, someone acts like they don't like you or you thought in your head that they didn't like you. Many times people will like you. But you know what? For some people in their minds, their perception is different. It's not just their perception. It's Satan who comes and twists they're thinking, saying that they don't like me. They didn't see me. They didn't say hi to me. Meanwhile, the other person would be thinking something they wouldn't have even seen them. Or they would have made eye contact, but their mind is occupied with something else. They just went past. But this person is saying, oh, they didn't say hello to me. Why are we that important? We can't let go. We can't give that room for the person. Okay, they're probably thinking something. Even if they didn't, are you that important? Do you feel that important? That you have every right to get angry and bitter over someone's mistake? That you don't have the generosity to forgive and move on? And to be the bigger person to show God's love? Where are you in your spiritual growth? Same goes in your family with your own family members. Be Jesus Christ to those who are in your family. Be generous when it comes to forgiving. Be generous when it comes to giving your love to those who don't deserve not to Satan, not to Satan worshippers, but to those who don't deserve. They're in the wrong. They may not know. Or they may be, they really did it knowingly. God sees all those things and God knows how to handle them. But you do it God's way. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. This is the way of the cross and this is how Jesus lived and this is how we should live. In this month of August, know that every battle you have faced and every battle you are facing is from the enemy of your soul who hates God and hates you because you are in Christ. He hates every human being because they are made in the image of God. So he comes and tries to cause misunderstanding here, hatred here and problems here and, and moves someone who comes to do some kind of a damage. Do you know what? No one can do any damage to you unless you let them do it to you. When it comes to our walk with God, when our confidence is in God, no matter who says what, it's not going to do a thing to you. If you're hidden in Christ, and if you're dead to this world, and this world is dead to you, you're not going to react at all. 
I pray that the Lord will bring you to that level. That you really understand that you are in a battle. Your battle belongs to the Lord, but you need to be with the Lord in order for God to fight all your battles. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. I'm going to finish in a few minutes. Let's just go back to the passage. It closed. Yeah. Therefore, verse 13, let me just go to verse 12 and then come from there. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Which age? This age. This current age that we live in, present age that we live in, the rulers of darkness, who are they? Those are evil spirits. They have their own ranks. You have Satan and you have evil spirits, high-ranking evil spirits, and you have evil spirits underneath them, and you have the other evil spirits underneath them. They cause disease, one cause misunderstandings, one cause confusion, one causes hate, and one causes abuse, and one causes trauma, and one causes, you know, people, you know, verbal abuse, one causes sexual abuse, one causes emotional abuse. You all have evil spirits. There are lots of evil spirits that are responsible for specific types of abuse. Then you have hate. Within that hate, you have a whole variety of hatred. Where Specific evil spirits have been given, given specific assignment to go after people, to abuse them, to destroy them, to mar the image of God that God has given to them. Now, there are people who abuse other people, then there are people who abuse themselves. That's another type of abusive spirit. They all come under that category. On the whole, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. If you keep looking at a person, keep looking at a person, keep looking at a person, you're never going to get the answer. It's important to look at the spirit that is working in the people. Same thing goes for murder. Different types of murder. From killing someone else's baby to killing your own baby. Murder. From getting angry at someone else to getting angry at your own stuff and hurting yourself is abuse. Anger and wrath, different types of rage, different types of anger, different types of immorality. Each evil spirit has a specific assignment to go and incite. War, problems, divorce. Then you have another seducing spirit that comes to seduce people to money, to women, to power, to all kinds of things, to men, to themselves, all kinds of things. The seducing spirits go after. It goes according to, the Bible says, the desires of that person. So there's the base there. The evil spirit will look for a base in a person. And according to what weakness they have, which is the base that the evil spirit is looking for, it'll just throw its net there. And if you don't have the strength, then you're not going to overcome if you really grow in him, you will not have that base that Satan is looking for. So God says here, Therefore, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, that means the fight is so real. The fight is so fierce. If you don't have God, you won't be able to stand, period. Understand this. But if you have God, you will be able to stand, having done all victoriously. An overcomer, you stand. You're able to stand. You should stand. Because you don't want to be flat on the floor with the enemy on top of you. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Know what battle you're facing and do your part in overcoming the battle. Don't blame God. Don't blame others. No one can touch you. Unless you give permission to the enemy. No one can touch your mind unless you give permission to the enemy. Unless you cooperate with the enemy. Praise be to God. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. All these things you need to have. You need to be wearing. Protect your head, protect your feet, protect your body, protect your organs, protect your heart, protect everything. Make sure 
your entire head to toe is protected. Above all, taking the shield of faith which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Never think that, oh, because, oh, I'm in this world, somehow I'll just cruise through everything and I don't have to worry about anything. We don't have to worry about anything, but we need to do something about the battle that we are in. That's something that you cannot escape. I cannot escape. But you can overcome. I can overcome. Because God has given us the victory. So fighting is your part. Fighting is my part. If you think that someone else will do it for us, that won't happen that way. So God says here, Above all, take the shield of faith. This is all important. But if you leave the shield of faith, then you're an open target of the enemy. You have to believe that God has given you the power to overcome the enemy. You have to believe God is on your side. You have to believe that through God you shall do valiantly. It is he who shall tread down my enemy or our enemies. We need to believe in the word of God. We need to believe that God will work all things together for our good and for his glory. We need to believe that my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It's so important to believe, 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 believe on what? Believe on God's word. What God has spoken to us through his holy word. It's important for us to believe. When we believe that, whatever lie that Satan brings... It's going to be squashed. It's going to be squashed. It's going to be squashed. Every time it'll be squashed. And why? Because you are putting forth your shield of faith. That shield of faith is a powerful shield of faith, which is bound to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. So every time, just like our Jesus did, when the enemy brings doubt, when the enemy brings insufficiency, when the enemy brings false accusation, when the enemy brings any kind of temptation to draw you into sin it's important to speak the word of God because you believe in the word of God so your shield is so important because your faith is being openly portrayed here when you speak the word of God so shield and sword they go hand in hand one hand is shield and the other hand is is the sword both need to be there very important and you know what both are so significant because they rely on each other. They rely on the word of God. You cannot use the word of God without faith. You cannot use the word of God without faith. You cannot say, I have faith and know God's word. So both are dependent on each other. Verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Means God is saying over here, you have the shield of faith where you use the word of God by faith. You have the sword of the spirit that you use, which is the word of God itself. And you use it through faith again. So the shield and the sword. And then he says, this is so important. The helmet is so important. That means what? Cover your mind with the word of God that you belong to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He has saved you. He has bought you. What is salvation? Salvation is not, oh, he just forgave my sins. Thank you, Lord. Salvation is not, oh, you know, God has done something for me on the cross. Thank you, Lord. No, salvation is far more greater than that. Salvation is God's eternal work in your life that came from the cross of Jesus Christ. That means through salvation, the seed of Christ is inside of me. That means whatever God wants me to do, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because of the seed that is in me, because he told me that his seed that is in me, I can do anything through Christ if I abide in him and his word abides in me. Every attack of the enemy will just bounce back will become null and void for those who have the word of God as a helmet constantly, night and day there. When the enemy comes, this helmet of salvation that believes in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, right there on the head, which is the word of God again, it'll just repel, it'll just destroy the works of darkness. Whatever the enemy brings your way, whether it's immorality, whether it's, whether it's negativity, you know, whatever it is, whether it's accusation, whatever it is, the word of God is the same medicine. Use the word of God that pertains to that topic. It's very important. Use the word of God that pertains to the topic that the enemy is trying to harass you with. And you will see victory all the time. We're going to finish in about a couple of minutes. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Praying with all prayer and supplication. What is the all prayer? 
Not just praying with prayer. Prayer, praying with all prayer. All kinds of prayer. Praying for all kinds of things. With prayer and supplication. We need to pray in the spirit. We're not just sitting here and saying like, Lord, you know, some people when they pray, they start from Exodus and finish all the way to Revelation and, you know, by the time what happened to Ruth and then this happened to Naomi and that happened to Isaiah and then he went to Jeremiah and then that went to Daniel and then from that went to, you know, Elizabeth and Zacharias and then it went to Apostle Paul and then it went to, you know, um, Apostle John and Patmos and God knows that. God knows Bible history. God knows all the stories in the Bible. Our prayers need to be led by the Spirit of God. And for some people, it's like, oh, you know, woe is me. Oh, Lord, you know, there's no one like me. And, you know, no one is going through these things like me. The whole story is about me. Me Me-centered prayer, me-centered living. That's not Spirit-led prayer. The Spirit of God, when He leads the prayer of a person, it'll always be glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. Even when you are at a crisis and you're crying out to God, your heart will connect to the Father and the whole purpose will be glorifying Jesus. When the Lord leads the spirit of a person, when the spirit of God leads the spirit of man, the prayer becomes a pleasing aroma to God Almighty. God comes and strengthens us with his strength. So all kinds of prayers and supplication is necessary when we do it in the spirit. Praying in the Spirit. This is where baptism of the Holy Spirit is very important. Just because you got baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak a little tongues here and speak a little tongues there doesn't mean that you have arrived. No. But this is something that God has given, a tool, a weapon that God has given to learn to obey the Word of God and thereby led by God. Those who obey God will be led by the Spirit of God. Your prayers will be led by the Spirit of God. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is not to speak little tongues here and there. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is not tongues. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is the power of God that fills a person, and the evidence of that is speaking in other tongues. That's not the main focus. The focus is living in the Spirit, obeying the Spirit of God, walking in the Spirit, overcoming the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life, and walking in the heavenly realm with no pull whatsoever from the things of the world. There is a way to live like that. There is another life to live like that. I live that. That's why I can boldly talk about it. God is alive. My God is alive. My God is a God who gives power over all kinds of powers of darkness. You can live above sin. You can live above reproach. You can live above the pull of this world. You can really have an aversion towards the filth of this world because your nature has been transformed by the blood of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by you walking in obedience to the Lord God Almighty. It's not just, oh, I have a pull. No, it's you have active aversion towards the things of darkness. Now, when you come to that, you know that you are now living in the normal realm, which is the supernatural realm of God. Is it possible? Absolutely possible. Absolutely possible. 100% possible. And that's the Bible that we talk about. That's the God whom we serve, who transforms a person from deep within to make them just like him. That's his goal. And you can live that way while you're on earth. And we should live that way while we're on earth. Then when we see him, we will be like him because we're changed from glory to glory. There has to be a radical transformation taking place every day. Praise be to God. Be watched, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. This is very important. We have to be watchful to this end. For what end? So you don't get slaughtered. So we don't get slaughtered, that we are able to stand because this is part of life. Warfare, spiritual warfare is something that happens all the time. But God is telling us how to overcome. With all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, may God speak to us tonight. As you retire to your own beds this night, may the Spirit of God take this word that God has spoken deep into your spirit. 
Let it go sink in. Let it sink in. Let it sink in deep into your spirit. That you don't take what God has spoken lightly. That you don't take God's word for granted. Be proactive in your salvation. Be proactive in your salvation. Be proactive in your salvation. When it comes to spiritual warfare, only you can fight your battles. You're the one who should fight your battles. The Bible doesn't say, well, you know, when the enemy comes, know that you don't wrestle with flesh and blood. You know, so call 50 different people, you know, and let, you know, let them all come with their helmets and their armor. And what are you going to do? Somewhere try to hide behind somebody else's armor? No, you can't do that. The enemy comes to fight with you. Remember that. While you are fighting, you'll have a host of your brothers and sisters there fighting with you. That can happen. But there's no one in the battlefield where they don't have a sword, they don't have the armor, but they're sitting there and others are fighting for him while you're somewhere in the middle. You get killed right there. If you're not covered and if you are not proactive in your spiritual warfare, you can get slaughtered for sure. Be proactive in your spiritual warfare. Read Ephesians 6 and meditate on it. It's very important. May the God of peace be with all of you as peace is necessary to live a godly life God's word says follow peace with all men without holiness no man shall see the Lord shall we pray thank you Jesus 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your precious word. I thank you for who you are. You care for us. And so you speak to us. We thank you, Lord, for this for today of fasting and prayer. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts. We thank you, Lord, for releasing your word, your manner to us, O Lord, this night. Oh, my Father, strengthen your people. Fill your people with songs of deliverance. Fill your people with your word of life, your word of truth. The very word that you have entrusted into their hands this night, may that very word, may that very word keep them, Father, in Jesus' name. May that very word become their fortress, Father, in Jesus' name. May that very word become their strong tower, in Jesus' name. May people give themselves over to the word of God. And be proactive in their spiritual warfare. That every brother, every sister, every child who is here, Lord, may yield themselves to the captain of our salvation. To train their hands for battle and their fingers for war. To be keen on covering themselves with the whole armor of God. To be proactive by using the weapons that you've given, by overcoming the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of the testimony. I commit our church into your hands, O Lord. These are your people. Each one here, they belong to you. These are your people. These are your people. Oh, my Father, to bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord, in this month of August. I pray that you give them significant breakthroughs, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Cause them, Lord, to rise up to do great and mighty things for the Almighty God. That they may grow spiritually. That they may prosper spiritually. That they may prosper materially, financially. That their lives, O Lord, be a glorious testimony, Lord to the power of God Almighty, 
Thank you, Jesus. Continue to bless your people. Father, I pray for those who are going through different trials, Lord. Each one is facing a unique trial. And I pray for your precious people, all those who are going through all kinds of things. You have spoken so clearly today what they should do in order to overcome. I pray, Father, may they take this word that you have given seriously. May they fight the good fight of faith. Let no one get upset at another human being. Let no one get upset at themselves and give room for the enemy in any way. I ask you that you'll open the eyes of the understanding of your people at this hour in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That every lie and every spell and every darkness of the enemy be broken right now in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every spiritual lethargy and every spirit of spiritual famine, I curse you right now in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every spiritual drought, I curse you in Jesus' name and I drive you far away from this church in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. May this church, Lord, be a church that distributes your bread, that distributes your bread to people far and near. We thank you, Lord. So bless your people, Lord, this night. Cause their hearts, O Lord, to long for you, to long for your word, to long for your presence. I thank you, I praise you. Thank you for giving us another opportunity to hear from you, O Prince of Peace. And for this we give you thanks, O Lord, from the bottom of our hearts. I pray that you will continue to lead us, O Lord, to green pastures, lead us to still waters, Father, more and more and more, Father. May your people become stronger and stronger and stronger in the ways of the Almighty God. May they become like stall-fed calves, O Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that they may take in the Word of God, that they may meditate upon this Word of God, that they may grow in this Word of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless us, my Father, with this blessing. Your people, may they prosper in their spirits, souls, bodies, and minds. And may their families prosper before you. There's not a single person, Lord, in our church. Not a single person from the families of our church members, O oh Lord. Depart from the living God. Be far away from the living God. I pray that you bring each and every single person, the families of every single person here, to the cross of Jesus Christ. Thank you for every testimony that we heard today, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Suzanne's testimony. And thank you for all other testimonies, Lord, that came after that. Lord, we give you glory. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for all your marvelous wonders that you've done, O Lord. And we praise you. Continue to strengthen your people. Draw them, Lord. Draw them, Lord. Draw them to Jesus Christ. Even more. And all those who gave testimonies, I pray, bless them with many more testimonies, Lord, in Jesus' name. All those who are praying, seeking you, Lord, I pray that you bless them, Father. Cause them to grow closer to Jesus. I thank you, Lord, I praise you with this blessing. I send you people, Father, now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. May the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Rest upon them giving them strength moment by moment to overcome all the fiery darts of the enemy by fervently holding on to the truth, to the Word of God, and your faith in the Word of God, by guarding their minds with the Word of God, by faith in the Word of God, by actively speaking the Word of God, by having faith in the Word of God.
For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good Jesus. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon us and bless us with His peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all, now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.